0: It is Saturday the 23rd of September 2023 and this is The Future of Photography. The Future of Photography Hey Jeremiah, how you doing?
1: Doing okay, on the road a bit here and uh, just forgive some of the sonic quality but uh, we'll be fixed in a week or so when I return.
0: Yes, so we, uh, you, you, uh, you, you got me up. I say you got me up. You got me up early in the <laughs> afternoon. We normally do this at a, a, a slightly different time for me, but uh, because you're traveling, uh, you're a little bit closer to me this week.
1: That's right. I'm on the east coast, and uh, you know, in fact, I'm in Montreal on my way to New York. So I will be living the east coast life for a week or so, We're
0: and. Bi- um, Bit early for fall color, I guess. Are we over there, or are you? Is
1: uh, there, is ben, that nice? Yeah, it's a little early for fall color. I'll miss it. Ah, oh well, well. <laughs> Though you never know, we could get a cold snap and boom.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, so. could could happen. Could could happen. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't wish that on you. Obviously, all the people of the East Coast. There's Quite a lot of people live on the East Coast. I don't wish the you know, bad weather. Um, but uh, no. yeah, yeah, but when the colours uh, can be amazing. Room. Yeah. So,
1: so uh, rumor has it that you've got a new Apple watch.
0: <laughs> yes, I do. So uh, I, it arrived yesterday. I at, at this point, I am just slightly less than 24 hours into ownership of my new Apple watch. So still lots of playtime to come, but uh, I have, um, well, and it's relevant for t- photography, but let me tell the b- little bit of the backstory. I've had an Apple watch since well since the lockdowns I, I bought a yeah i bought one to help me try try and keep track of some you know exercise and stuff like that um uh, and uh, and recently took back to wearing it and really enjoyed it and i've just bought myself a new one and it's a bit of a it's a bit of an experiment in a little bit of digital detox to be honest so i've bought one with a big battery and a cellular connectivity so that i can leave my phone behind and I'm not massively addicted to my phone compared to some of the the horror stories you see about some people who really suffer with that. But the idea of the freedom of of for the first time in what twenty five years not carrying a telephone around with me, um, you know, sounds sounds amazing. So I thought, you know what, it's a bit of fun, uh, and it's about time I got a new one because my one doesn't get new updates anymore and stuff like that. So, so I got it, and then then a thing happened. I went out this morning. And I thought, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try going out and go without my phone. Um, I wasn't quite brave enough because there are some things you need to do with a phone, like pay for parking or and stuff like that. So I, I took my phone, but had it switched off and just went with the watch. And a couple of things happened. One is I had. Yeah, while I was sitting having my coffee, just me on my own because I was I was being dad this morning and, and I ended up in a coffee shop on my own for a while. I felt I had lots of time to think, took a notebook and made some notes and stuff like that. So that was brilliant. And I wasn't distracted by doing a Sudoku or something like that, which it, yeah, often can happen. Second thing that happened um, was. It, it was just um, uh, yeah a few clunky things, um, but that's just because it's the first time and you need to work out th- how how things happen. But that that was okay, and I'm sure we'll get around all of that. Um, and uh, and then the third thing was is I thought oh there's something over there I would like to take a photo of, and then I thought ah uh oh I don't have a camera, and so for the first time in fifteen years. I'm out and about, and I literally don't have a camera that I can use to take a quick snapshot. And I thought, so the
1: question is, what is a photographer without a camera?
0: Indeed, indeed,
1: and and that's really our theme today, and and uh, we're going to discuss working as a photographer or being a photographer or celebrating photography as one kind of moves through the world. What is it like to do so without the ability to actually capture images? How does that affect your perception of the world? What you expect out of photography? How you input all of the things that are coming in? And how does that eventually translate to images, hopefully better images?
0: Yeah, um, interesting. Funnily enough, um, as I was wandering around without a camera this morning, I walked past the camera shop. Um, uh, For those of you in the UK who have visited the UK, there's a a fantastic chain of camera stores here called London Camera Exchange, um, who seem to sell just as many used cameras as they do in as they do new cameras. There happens to be one in the town I was in this morning in Guildford. Um, and what should be on the shelf in the window, but a Leica Q2. <laughs> 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 now, I didn't buy it um, <laughs> because even second hand, it was over £4,000. Um, although I think that was with a hand grip. Uh, do you know what? I think it's possibly the first time I've ever seen one not on YouTube. The, the body of it is quite small compared to the size of the lens, isn't it? I know yeah, you I know. love yours. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Um, so that was it. I was like, oh, because I had this pe- this image in my head uh, that, that it would be quite a, a decent sized camera body as well as a decent sized camera lens. But actually, it's quite a, a compact camera body. Just the, the, the lens is big because it's a, a it's a, a great quality lens. Anyway, so it's so,
1: all metal, by the way. it's It's quite a relatively heavy camera. Yes.
0: It, it probably it didn't seem to me to be a proportionate a pro, um, response to having two hours without a camera.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, a lust for another camera. That that doesn't really. Count. No, no,
0: no, no, no. Um, but, but I mean it, obviously there's a whole yeah there's a whole conversation that opens up here about you know pocket pocketable cameras. but let's pass on that for a minute because I'm intrigued on in your thoughts here about you know being a photographer and acting a photo- as a photographer See, but without a camera.
1: I, I actually think that there is an interesting discipline of moving through the world with a photographic idea or sensibility or openness but without a camera, and, and how does that integrate with one's photographic practice uh, in the longer term? Um, and that that even may go for when you actually have a camera. In other words, just look, listen, watch, see, you know what I mean, and then return. And, and to that end, um, one of the things I discovered on my, Apple Watch is the ability to drop waypoints just instantly. Ah. So you, you uh, are walking with a map app on your phone. They have something very specific, it's for hiking basically. So you can breadcrumb it, so you can find your uh-huh. way back yeah. out of the forest. Um, so it, that, that's what it's used for. Um, so if one's walking, dropping waypoints at every time one sees something unusual, amazing, inspiring, provocative, whatever it is. Obviously it's not, not a great photojournalistic practice, but in terms <laughs> of aesthetics and, and just seeing the world on a kind of a, a, a quiet walk, dropping these waypoints of what you see, what you would, you know, Uh, And marking the time of day.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: imagine, you know, taking an hour stroll with waypoints. uh, Without the encumbrances of putting this camera to your eye, stopping the flow, and getting in a way separated from the actual existential event of seeing to take the photograph but remaining in this openness of seeing the world and what is inspiring. And instead of clicking, just tapping the watch, leaving waypoints. So
0: that's that's a really
1: interesting idea that I like that idea. And then coming back to it another day with a camera to the specific waypoint and Maybe you see something that would be um, better at a later light, earlier light, overhead light, black and white color, but you have time to ponder because now you're standing in front of the very thing, image, environment that gave you the spark to lay down a, a waypoint and so now you're now you're into another form of photography almost like the i I did a one of one of our shows on slow photography and this japanese um photographer who would wander through these parks without a camera and a notebook marking down way you know where he stops and what he sees And sketches a little bit and marks the time of day, and then comes back with a large 8x10 camera and takes the picture. Um, This is, in a way, uh, the poor man's process for that. In other words, (laughs) drop your waypoint, go away, come back another day, following your path, stopping where you were inspired, taking a look, maybe even making more notes going to come back here just before the sun sets, or directly overhead, or this must be black and white, or high contrast, like, in other words, now you're thinking about what kind of photograph you may take when you finally do it. So these waypoints are marked, you don't have to come back and take the pictures, you can come back and be even more Uh, What's the word for it? Uh, Disciplined or excited or thoughtful about that place. And then maybe on the third return, you come with the notion of capture, whether it's with, you know, a bigger camera or your iPhone, whatever, and take that picture.
0: and. That's really that's really interesting. I can think of several things that 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 is relevant here. I mean, there's, yes, there's the thoughtfulness of the process. I suspect it would be really valuable to uh, landscape photographers who for whom you know getting the light right and the time of day right is is uh, a key element uh, of making the image or the weather right you know so like this is a great shot but it really needs to be foggy for it to work right so, so mm-hmm. you know so our, our, our market here um, especially if you could yeah, I'm sure you could write a shortcut that runs on your watch. That then you could do a little bit of a dictated note, so you, you know, ma- matching off the the way find the, sure. the waypoint with some verbal notes. You don't, you know, or, or write it in a book, of course. Then. It would also be really relevant for large format photographers because they—they they are a whole group of artists that tend not to carry their cameras everywhere they go. I mean, there are exceptions, right? There, you know, yeah, there are exceptions, but um, yeah, you know, David Burnett being one of them, I suspect. Um, but uh, the—but mostly that, you know, to be able to do that and to have that that level of thought and, and intentionality about it mindfulness about making an image that 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 really is into the territory of making and not taking an image isn't it
1: well it's interesting because this is a way of providing a pocket camera aficionado who tend to and i'm over generalizing certainly but who tend to snap instantly at things that you know, that's how we take pictures. Oh, yeah. that's a great shot. Oh, hi, you You guys get here and smile. There's something very instinctive, fast um, about taking that kind of photograph, which I think most people do. This is a way of integrating the sensibility, maybe, of a large format photographer, almost like a landscape painter who goes out with their... You know their easel and their paints <laughs> and their canvases and sits by the seashore and and does that, so this is just a way of kind of mindful photography we can call it, but in a way that takes it over days, months, years, weeks, mm-hmm. weather is very important and and you know you may know um you may have determined that there's a place, and this is you know landscape or urban landscape, whatever you wanna determine your um, affection for it. but you may say oh this in dense fog would just be so mystical and magical as you've pointed out and one day you wake up and it's dense and it's foggy and you go huh,
0: I, i'm taking I know my where to camera <laughs> i know
1: exactly where to go yeah and, yeah. and uh, you know um i did a, a a show just occurred to me i did a show I guess maybe three years ago, four years ago now, just before COVID, um, of of uh, Joshua tree landscapes, um, you know, and I printed them big on glass. Blah 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 blah. But how I did the actual shot. This is not just wandering through the desert of, of Joshua tree randomly snapping pictures. No, uh, went there. The you know. Went there the day before, walked through different areas, marked on a map, same kind of thing, pinpointed them. Um, And we did this all through the day and determined that this in the evening, right after sunset would be great. So time, this just before sunrise, just after sunrise. And then over the next few days, would wake up at like, you know, 4 or 3 in the morning when it's dark, Yeah, yeah. get all the gear packed up, go into the park, you know, and, and hike in, you know, under, you know, just when there's a glib where you, you can actually see where you're going and get to the waypoint that you had marked as we were doing this, you know, just.
0: That's did that's gonna, that I can, yeah, that I can see that being really clear. Yeah,
1: and set up. I, I had rented a large form or a medium format Hasselblad, set up the tripod, and waited and captured, and did that over the next few days. That became the show. So it's a very disciplined way of doing formal landscape photography with digital cameras light i mean you know the hasselblad i mean you could just carry it around easily but i wanted that discipline of you know of, of the light on the on the stones um to really carry the way and it was absolutely liberating because i wasn't looking for a photograph when i was taking it
0: yes Yeah, no, I I can
1: executing on my imagination,
0: and 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 yeah, for for, uh, actually, that's a really good point about the the planning and the execution because if you plan ahead. There is a freedom in being just in execution mode, isn't there? You know, a a cognitive freedom in being just in execution mode, because I can hear in the back of my head, you know, uh, a lot of our listeners saying, yeah, all that stuff about not having a camera. If you had your if you simply had your phone with you, you could take a snapshot and then you could write a little caption against it and it would capture the GPS coordinates and then you'd know what it was to come back to. But I think that's a different thing, isn't it?
1: It is because you've interrupted the movement when you're on a walk or a hike or I guess more relevant because, you know, in a, you know, if you're walking in the city, there's so much distraction, which is terrific. (laughs) You know what I mean? This shop, you may run into a nice little camera in a window, (laughs) but, but, but you know, when you're in a a kind of a, a flow mode hiking through nature and just kind of moving through and just, smelling the smells and listening to the birds and watching the clouds and l- watching the leaves dapple, you know, and, and there, there is just a nice flow of letting nature itself affect you without stopping and pulling out your gear and writing notes and all that pulls you away from the moment. By the way, I'm not arguing about that as something one should never do. One does that all the time. This is just a different way. Let's just say that you're looking, you're blocked in photography. You just can't get inspired. Everything seems kind of the same. And like, how can you revitalize your interest in photography? This is a good way to do it. Go out without a camera, take a walk, be aware, get all of the information you need. And then rediscover it maybe the next day with a different discipline. In other words, come back even without a camera and go, what time of day would this be best at? Um, What kind of weather would be best? What kind of format would I want? Do I need a tripod here? And then start to prepare. And then come back yet a third time and actually make the photograph as planned. And yeah. see what the difference is in your photography or one's photography. I think, I think that's a very very interesting process. Yeah,
0: I think the other the, the other you know, f- photographer that this would appeal to um, or be very useful to is is the photographer who who has other commitments so perhaps you are on a family uh event or perhaps you are you know working uh and your work is not related to photography or perhaps you know there you know the or you know it's of course the middle of the day and you think do you know what um this is an easterly facing shot um you know so i absolutely need to be here at five in the morning like that's you know that sort of thing so yeah lo- loads of good stuff. okay so that that's that's that yeah, that's good. That's interesting. It's good. I haven't thought about using the, the waypointer thing. That you could yeah, that's that's a very interesting thing.
1: Now there's another approach. I have okay. another idea that just occurred to me. If you're laying down your waypoints, and this comes back to kind of some of the virtual photography that, that we've covered over the years. Um so you lay down your waypoints, all well and good. You go back to your computer you enter the waypoints, you go to Google Maps, and you see where you were. You're like, oh, that looks like shit. <laughs> or, <laughs> wow, that, that's pretty interesting. Maybe you do a screen grab, maybe you integrate that into another kind of process, mm-hmm. where you, know, you start to manipulate that in Photoshop, you know what I mean, or... Uh, Luminar, of which, thanks to you, I've become completely addicted. Have you? Oh, Uh,
0: interesting. Oh, I
1: I think it's fantastic. Very different than Photoshop because I use them in tangent. Anyway, but using all of our editing technologies, which climb every day into uh, greater and greater baskets of applications Mm -hmm. to manipulate our images, I think that that, using that kind of virtual um, photography is also a nice little execution um, of a discipline. And there is yet a third, which is, uh, for example, you take a screen grab of a waypoint, and depending on how sophisticated you are technically, you can actually go to uh, their mapping, 3D mapping, um, uh, software or applications or websites where you can pull the actual 3D maps um, you know, as a file and then integrate that into uh, Blender or Unreal Engine to actually create a 3D model of what you've seen and actually rebuild the landscape, urban, urban scape. Um, again, interesting. Or describe what it is you see in the, in the waypoint that you're looking at uh, on Google Maps and describe it into AI and see what AI generates.
0: Do you know the <laughs> description thing is interesting because um you know I've, with with my new watch my new toy I should call it probably I've uh, yeah I've been playing with with speaking into it in the Dick Tracy style and uh well whilst that is really cool in and of itself um uh, the. Uh, and I have to say on this very new watch that's only been out a week, uh, the dictation is a vast improvement from my older one. And, but the uh, you could use that for inspiration, for thinking through what kind of image, because sometimes you might say, oh, I'll come back here at golden hour right morning or evening. And and great, but maybe not optimal. Maybe maybe not the best that you could do if you were able to say, uh, just sit there for a minute and just just speak your mind, speak what you see and capture that and say, and then take that away and listen to it later and say, okay, how did, how did being at this spot make me feel? You know, what was going on? What were, you know, what were people doing? What did what does the place make me feel? Because there's, there's a, there's definitely a, a, a wonderful branch of photography that is about portraying the beauty of a place, yet yeah, the, the visual beauty of a place. Uh, but there is also increasingly for me and, and I know for others as well about what, make, what does it make you feel? So this is the sort of thing that leads me to shoot with a slow shutter speed in the city so that you can capture the movement of the city because people in the city don't stand still. You don't really want to be shooting a city every day at a five hundredth of a second because that's not what the city looks like and it's not what it feels like. Where's the motion in it? The motion and the emotion, but but particularly the motion in in this context. So I could imagine taking a waypoint, taking a little note you know yeah you know, uh, and then going away and thinking about it and thinking do you know what what kind of image would i like to make that would help me capture this you know th- that helped me capture how i feel in this place
1: so they could do i that. think that's a really really good good um just a really great point in, in other words why were you affected by a specific waypoint we'll call it like Yes. what was going through your your, your mind and the, the thing is it's also really interesting not to make a note but to actually use your memory
0: Oof, um, I don't have much of one of those to be honest but well, yeah it's that's
1: just going to contribute to the abstraction yeah, yeah well
0: yes absolutely because this is about yes so this is subjective It is, but it, yes, it's interesting, isn't it? I got, I've got a quote for you actually, or not a quote, but um, because I I couldn't find the exact quote, but I remember reading an interview with Henri Cartier Bresson some time ago. Um, uh, Spoiler alert. It's going to be my pick of the week in a couple of minutes. Um, But the, uh, the, the uh, interviewer, um, you know, Uh, Spoke was late in his life, interviewing Cartier Bresson later in his life um, when he he didn't do photography anymore. Um, He he didn't carry a camera around with him anymore. He had essentially retired, if you like, if if one can, from a life like that. Uh, And he and the interviewer asked him about it, said, you know, do you not? And he said, no, he said, and I took a mental photograph of you. Uh, a moment ago, uh, I don't know when, when you walk through the door, when the light hit you in certain way, or, or whatever it was, uh, and and I have it up here in my head now. Um, and that was enough. Uh, and and uh, uh, well, yeah, uh, you could argue that you know uh, Cartier Bresson had, had had made his contribution to the art of photography, hadn't he? By the time he was later <laughs> in life, <laughs> and and then some, right? And but uh, you know, it's, ah, okay. So the, there, there is there is an element of that, I think, as well, just to say, can I can I look at this and really look at it and use my brain? Because and I think that for me is a big difference between maybe having a phone with you and just having the watch. Yeah, because or, or, or just or having no cameras just to s- sit there and say, OK. I'm making a, a mental image of this. I'm thinking this through. I yeah. do that sometimes when I see photos and, you know, or, or opportunities. Um, rarely do I spend the time to do it properly. But, uh.
1: I, you know, I, I, I've certainly experienced that traveling sometimes in um, less than ideal conditions, maybe in war-torn countries or countries that are um, way off the grid Um encountering people, um, whether tribal or or not, but just very kind of non Western arenas that one needs to be completely present. And the pulling out of a camera, any camera is invasive in some way. Mm -hmm. It may not be uh, to the people uh, who are the subjects of but you can't tell. But there is something about experiencing one's life and having those mental images as part of your, um, again, life experience, rather than for a reason of presenting a captured image. It's very different life experience in moving through these areas Mm -hmm. and encountering and and being open. Sometimes uh, often, I remember one trip I went to, I was in West Africa, around the Mauritanian borders and sub-Sahara, and, and you know, you, you encounter people, um, you just don't want to present anything but you, mm-hmm. with nothing to steal, nothing to, like, you know, these are quite dangerous uh, arenas to move yeah, yeah. through. yeah. Um, and, and you, you, you just wanna. I mean, people would say, "What are you doing here?" That would be. And I, uh, if I say any reason uh, that you'd give would sound kind of odd, but I would often say, "I'm curious. I'm curious about you, this place, and everything would change. It, it, no matter how intense, brutal, <laughs> you know, dangerous, everything would." just subside and you'd really be embraced and mm, because people want to yeah. feel, people want to feel significant. They want to feel they're being listened to all of us. And wh- when you get down to, you know, the difference between, you know, some CEO making 300 million a year and, you know, a Taurig tribesman or, you know, a Gobi desert, gird- a goat herd, they just want to feel that their family, their life, their significance, you know, whether it's he or she, are, are, are there as, as equals as humans. Yeah. And, and that gives you such a different dynamic relationship. It, you learn about yourself and how connected we all really are as humans together. And often a camera will create a barrier And for good reason. I mean, when you look at the photographs of someone like James Nashway, you know, who spent his life shooting war, and his whole um, mode was you've got to move in close, you've got to be with the wide angle, and just Mm -hmm. be in it, which is why his images are so powerful. But they also prevent emotionally the photographer from feeling because if you start to feel the pain and suffering that you're trying to capture, you you really can't take the picture. You have to kind of only react to it afterwards. I, I was in New York for 9-11 and uh, moving through ground zero is a long story I won't get into, but I took I took a lot of pictures and um, just on instinct captured. But it's only recently that I've been able to actually look at those pictures. They are so painful for me to look at. Um, and, you know, I put one up on my website to begin with. But I just feel uh, that there is safety behind a camera. And even and, and that, that barrier, that can be for good. And it also can be disassociative.
0: There, there's Sorry, an, think- a, there's an, a barrier right it it is a barrier yeah. i mean the 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 great example of that is if you have a child uh who's having a birthday and you're the one that has to take the blowing out the candles photo if you're focusing on the camera you, you i found in the past to my upset that actually i I'm, I'm not making an actual memory of that event right yeah i'm i've i've missed it mentally because i've been t- focusing on capturing the image you know and, and the camera or, or the phone you know phone or dedicated camera whatever it is the camera ha- has created a barrier to experiencing the event um yeah you know, so totally to- to- totally with you on that one hmm.
1: now that was pe- uh, many people had criticized apple's presentation of their um their goggles uh, yes. In the, yeah. the commercial with with the man <laughs> capturing some birthday, where you look at a, a guy totally separated from his family wearing this. Of course, they didn't know what was coming, which is the iPhone 15, which can capture 3D images and then you can replay them and that. But that's another story. Um, so Apple always forgiven. Um,
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> anyway, picks, picks of the week picks of the week yeah uh yes so uh what have you got for us this week
1: well because um over the last few months we've been celebrating mugshots here in the united states um with you know a good 19 or 20 um of our wonderful um you know uh, politicians and, and, and <laughs> associates um all now uh um, you know, uh, submitted to wonderful mugshots, reading those mugshots is, and they look very different than the mugshots in my pick. But, you know, there is a wonderful history of of our country, of culture, uh, of legality <laughs> that we can see through mugshots. And so my pick of the week is a look at mugshots as history, and I encourage everybody to look at it, because yes, they are objects and they are taken without any, I would say, aesthetic considerations, other than like, capturing the look of a human for the record, and yet they reveal so much. They Um, do, yeah. Yeah, and, a, and, it's a good pick. I like it. And, and, and you know, I did this uh, and maybe I'll, I'll try and and find some of my earliest work. In fact, my very, very first photo show was uh, large format photographs uh, of people in the style of mugshots. I mean, not with numbers or anything, but completely blank, emotionless and and trying to project absolutely nothing. So, um uh, it seems
0: uh, I'm always interested in photographies. Non intended use. It's, do, do you know what? You, but, but intended use as well, I think. So, so, yes, I mean, your pick of the week, absolutely. And for some of those earlier ones, that, that that mugshot is possibly the only photograph of that person that would ever have been taken back in the you know, 20s and 30s yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, I remember once, I must have talked about this before in the show, um, trying to think of how to be the family photographer in an interesting way over the Christmas holiday period. I did a series uh happened with, with my wife's family this, that year called Christmas mug shots so i set up one sort of fairly flat overhead light to give a sort of flat mugshot type light and i made everybody do a mugshot holding up one of the presents that they'd received it could have been oh, like a, a bag of artisanal coffee or a pair of underpants or or something that was a small pre- one of the presents and so i have this and i put them in a um uh in a sequence right as uh, you know in a in a grid sequence so you could see them all at once everybody's mug shot you know you know straight face no smiling allowed you know holding up Terrific. A, that, which, should, that sounds
1: something postable like building a website around
0: yeah, it. Yeah, do you know it could be, yes, it could be the next humans in New York, couldn't it? Yeah, Christmas yes,
1: Exactly. That could begin a trend. And, you know what I mean? For people to upload that. And um, I think that's a wonderful idea. Yes. And your pick, obviously. Let me guess <laughs> something about Cartier-Bresson.
0: so. This is a book I was given, I was gifted actually many, many years ago as either a Christmas present or a birthday present. It is called Henri Cartier Bresson A Biography, and it is by Pierre Assouline. Um, it was originally written in French, um, uh, as you can imagine, when the biographer and the biography are both um uh french um so uh, and it's the english translation because my french is definitely not good enough to read something like that uh but it's a fantastic insight um into the the man himself um it is Chronological, as many biographies are, so it talks about his his early uh, influences, um, you know, uh, as a teenager, uh, you know, his family background, and his time as part of the uh, the, the Paris set with with Man Ray, uh, the, surrealist, the surrealist cafe culture in in the, uh, I guess that would have been the early thirties, uh, and and right the way through, uh, you know, his his life and his uh, the work that he did, um, and that's where I that. that that's where that interview is recorded uh, about taking a, a photo in just mentally without a uh, without a camera. Um, it is it, it's not a, a, an easy read in the sense that it's quite dense. I mean, it's, it's great. Don't get me wrong. It's well worth the investment, but it, it's not a light read. It's, it's something that you need to invest some time and some mental power into. But it's it's well worth it. And it's a really interesting that there, there aren't any of his photos in it. There's a couple of photos of him, but it's not in any way a book about the work of Cartier-Bresson. It is about the, the man yeah, yeah. Cartier-Bresson. It is literally mm-hmm. a biography. Um, and for that, it's also very interesting because it gives a very different view from those, you know, from from what we all might expect. You know, uh, um, uh, so, uh, yes, uh, that's my pick of the week. Um, thoroughly recommend it. Uh, link uh, in the show a, notes. One, a
1: great one, yeah. I mean, I have the benefit. I've seen a lot of his photographs and his prints. Uh, just because uh, Peter Fetterman, who runs the Fetterman Gallery, uh, is one of the premier um, uh, gallerists for you know that kind of classic uh, photographers, and he uh, deal, he runs the estate of Cartier-Bresson, oh, okay. and so he has a, a lot of his work very close to where I live, and is also I consider him a friend, so. Cool. His his work has printed. You know the eight by tens are beautiful. It's really. I don't
0: think I've ever seen one actually. So that would be uh, that yeah, would be a, a real they, treat to see come, that.
1: Come on by. Come on by. <laughs> You're on my list. You're on my list. <laughs> don't bring the kids. Yeah, yeah, they'd love
0: to. We take take <laughs> them to the studios and stuff.
1: And Disneyland.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, yes, uh, they've been to Paris. So to, uh, yes, there is. That's the only one they've been to. Yeah. Yeah,
1: no, it's, it's uh, not the same. Disneyland the same. is in
0: Anaheim. No, Disney America. World. Yeah, but yeah, the Florida. Disney
1: then. World is in Florida. No, yeah. Not. (laughs)
0: okay all right brilliant well thank you very much a joy to talk as always and good news everybody chris will be back with us next week from his travels full of stories no doubt about how many photographers can you fit in the back of a tesla or something like that there's a joke in there somewhere (laughs) isn't there you know it's like uh, but uh, it depends on the length of their lenses or something like that i don't know (laughs) cheap shot maybe but um we'll be back next week uh all three of us hopefully Hopefully.
1: I may be traveling next Saturday again back home. I'm not sure exactly, but uh, obviously if I'm in a hotel room, here I am. So Yes,
0: we have the technology. Absolutely. We
1: do. Cool. We do this work out well. Okay. Yes.
0: All right. Well, great to talk to you all folks. Uh, we'll be back next week. Bye. You've been listening
1: to The Future of Photography,